It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The gauntlet was laid. It was supposed to be ugly. And instead, the Jazz go 2-1 and one on an East Coast road trip. And the rule of 240 is carrying the way. It's next on Locked On Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I am David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. On today's edition of Locked on Jazz, we will bring you a live edition, specially airing also on Instagram at DLock09 for the first part of the show. We'll talk about the Jazz brilliant performance in Milwaukee, the fortunate break of not seeing Dame Lillard and Joel Embiid, but that is the rule of 240, and that's what's carrying the Jazz right now, and why they are suddenly in a standings playoff race and are we watching the standings and how does this impact the Jazz front office as they move toward the end, the trade deadline now less literally to the day, 30 days away. I am David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz. It's your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Give you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. We bring it to you free and available on all podcasting apps as well as on YouTube. So subscribe, follow, hit the bell button on YouTube so when we do something random like this, you actually know it's coming and you get involved and have the opportunity to be a part of the audience uh, and a special edition, as I mentioned today, on DLock09 on Instagram here. Regulars seem to be popping in because they hit the bell button. Uh, So thank you very much uh, for all of you stopping by on today's show. Uh, My voice is a little ragged. Three games and four nights, but the team was not ragged, so I will try to step it up. All right, first thing, last night was crazy. So last night was insane. First quarter, the Jazz go 11 of 17 from three, tying a franchise record. There are a lot of good looks, too, by the way. A few things about this were really interesting. So one is that pregame, I asked Will Hardy, my first question to Will Hardy in the press conference was about the fact that the Jazz in the last six games, have been shooting 29% from three. But at the same time, they were still like 15th or 16th in the league offensively. And so, you know, the concept was like, okay, it's really bad that we're not shooting well, but it's pretty cool that we can actually survive offensively and find other ways to survive. For example, against Philadelphia without Joel Embiid, the Jazz were 30 of 33 from the field or from the rim, 30 of 33. Last night, what the Jazz did is they went bananas above the break. And you know what? Cleveland got us on an anomaly. Like Sam Merrill went bananas. They couldn't miss the threes. They went bananas. We got Milwaukee on a little bit of an anomaly. And it happens in this league. And it happens both ways. And you just have to take it when it happens. I love Tim LaCombe's point about injuries. You can't control your injuries, and you can't control your opponent's injuries. So when you get them, either way, you just have to deal. And the Jazz got a little fortunate in the personal reasons for Dame Lillard. A little fortunate just because Milwaukee's not playing very well to start. So I'm not sure. I actually thought, honestly, my thought was that Dame not being there was going to hurt us because it was going to let 
the veteran crew of Giannis, Middleton, Lopez kind of come out and say, see, we still got it. Um, and that's not how it played. The Jazz went, so the first thing Will Hardy said, I thought was really, really interesting in his answer about the shooting. He said, what's happened a little bit is that we're not, we've increased our movement. The Jazz have changed the way they're playing offensively. They're playing a system, they have a word for it. I don't want to use it because I want to give away a scouting report. Um, I think teams probably know it, but the way they're playing, and it's really very random offensively, and it increases movement, increases player movement, increases all sorts of things. But the the one thing that the negative Will is saying is as we increase movement, we're not filling the corners all the time. And there are some coaches, frankly, Quinn, with the Jazz, who played in a style where the, you just sat in the corner and stayed there for a lot of their pick-and-roll play. You want the corners filled. And the corners filled creates other spacing. And so when the Jazz last night, what they did finally is they had all that movement and they played with great tempo and pace early, but they also then got into their spaces correctly. And then they just couldn't miss on the corner three, on the above the break threes. The Jazz came into the game as the worst above the break shooting, three-point shooting team in the NBA. So the Jazz, and you get these geeky numbers, here on Locked on Jazz, that's that's what we bring to you. That's why you should subscribe and follow the show on all your podcasting apps or on YouTube, if you like geeky numbers. We also bring them to you in the broadcast. But so if you look at the Jazz on the corner three shooting, they've slipped a little bit because Ochai was the best in the NBA slip, but the Jazz are a 40% corner three shooting team. And to the point of filling the corners, the Jazz take 11 a night, which is the second most of any team in the NBA. The only team that takes more is Dallas. Luca, the above the break shooting going into last night, the jazz were last in the NBA and the jazz went bonkers last night. And they're still last in the NBA in above the break three point shooting. So the jazz are last in the NBA and above the break three point shooting. And they go nine of 14 on above the break in the first quarter last night. They then go four of nine in the second quarter. So in the first half, they are 13 of 23 on above the break threes. Now in the second half, it cools back down. They go four of 11, which is still really good for them. And they don't get their corner threes. They only get three corner threes. Milwaukee made some changes. But that opening quarter was bonkers and awesome. And the Jazz just playing with a juice and a tempo on the third game in four nights. That w- and, and the other thing that's happening here is the Jazz are a bit relentless. And we'll get into it. The rule of 240, for those of you who've listened to Locked on Jazz, those everydayers out there, that listen to Locked on Jazz every single day, the rule of 240 is coming to play right now. And it's quite impressive. Jazz offensive rating in the first quarter last night was a 157.7. They were that That is near perfection. That means every time you cross half court, you're scoring 1.57 points. The league average is about 1.18 right now, which is crazy high. It's historical. Second quarter, the Jazz were actually better offensively. And that's what I love the most about last night's game. They come out, they hit a franchise record, 11 threes in the first quarter, have a 157 offensive rating, and in the second quarter, they were better offensively. A 163.6 at the half, the Jazz last night were a 160.4 offensive rating. That's incredible. Milwaukee is not a good defensive team, and Milwaukee quit in the first half last night. Quit. Unquestion, undeniably. But for you to put a 160 on Milwaukee, and r- largely Milwaukee is not a very good defensive team because of the fact that they have 
Dame Lillard and Malik Beasley. And it's a real problem for him. Malik Beasley can't miss and they can't play him. Like Malik Beasley cannot miss right now. He's over 50% in his last 10 games from three and he cannot miss. Shout out to Matt Biamonte who just stopped by the live show on Instagram today. Former Utah Jazz broadcast assistant, now big time broadcaster over at KSL and BYU. Just got a shout out to my, shout out to my guys who've, who've worked with me along the way. Um, so little interruption there, but um, the other part of this and the offense was brilliant was how great the defense was last night. Scott Morrison, jazz assistant coach built the game plan. And he said on our show, the goal was to make Giannis feel like he's being guarded by more than one guy at a time. And if you listen to our play-by-play call last night, which I greatly appreciate if you do, you literally heard me say Giannis guarded by marketing Collins Clarkson multiple times during the broadcast. Did I say that the guys were guys were being broad multiple times. Now, this is where not having Dame was a huge impact. You're going to have a hard time. Not, you're going to have an awfully hard time having three guys guard Giannis's drive if Dame Lillard and Malik Beasley are on the floor. Having Isaiah Jackson on the floor last night allowed the Jazz to move off of Isaiah Jackson and make him try to make plays. And he went one for, Andre Jackson, sorry. Uh, he went one for four. I think I called him Isaiah Jackson all night last night. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. And Marshawn Bochamp went 0 for 4. So, like, I think when you start to look at this, it's a really, really impressive performance. This is where Lillard not being around had a massive impact. So, like, let's not, let's not like forget that, right? But that's where Lillard not being here had a massive impact because the Jazz were able to force those shots into other guys. And Milwaukee's the third best offensive team in the league. But Giannis really never gets going. He makes some plays, but he takes three shots in the first quarter. He takes nine in the first half. In the third quarter, he revs the thing back up and takes seven, but he goes three of seven. He has five assists. That's what the Jazz wanted to make him do. Is... And he had five assists, and Giannis is great. But he did take that jumper, and that jumper is ugly at 31% for the season, and that is the one thing that's preventing him from probably being the greatest player to ever play in the history of the game. No, he really would be. Giannis had nine assists in the second half last night. That's good work by the Jazz. He also took 11 shots. He had 14 points, five rebounds, nine assists in the second half. Part three of the night last night, so part one is offensive brilliance. Part two is is that when it got tight, the Jazz... Handled it. And the quote from Will Hardy to start the camp, the whole road trip was, all right, this is going to be hard. Let's see how our mental stability is. Let's see if we go rogue when things go wrong. The Jazz went rogue a little bit in the third quarter, and then they came out in the fourth quarter. Keontae hits a huge three to make it 104-92. Then he hits a huge floater. Great plays by Keontae, because Keontae has not been playing great. Huge plays there. And he gets fouled, and all of a sudden, it's 107-92. Those were six massive points from Keontae. Clarkson hits a driving layup, and the Jazz are up 17. The Bucs are calling timeout, and then the Bucs flurry back. And you feel like, all right, here it is. Like, we're on now. Jazz go into a massive scoring drought for about two and a half minutes, and it's an eight-point game with 6.52 left. And Lowry marketing gets it, and a really interesting substitution from Will Hardy that he brings... Chris Dunn in for Jordan Clarkson. This We'll get to the rule of 240 next. This is the rule of 240. And then 
Markinen scores. John Collins scores. We go back up 12. Middleton goes to the free throw line. Middleton hits a three. It's back down to seven with 526 to play. I mean, it really feels like. And a nasty drive pull up by Chris Dunn at the rim. A turnover. And then Fontecchio hits a massive three. It's just a collection of guys making plays. A collection of guys making plays. Awesome. Gotta love it. That's why we're live today. All right, for those of you that are on Instagram, I'm going to turn you off now. We are live on YouTube, over at YouTube on Locked on Jazz. So if you want to continue tuning into the show, uh, please jump in and join us for that. I appreciate you stopping by for a minute on Instagram. For those of you on YouTube, we will continue with the program as it's regularly constructed. And for those of you that are listening on the podcast, well, I still love you just as much as everybody else. It is Locked on Jazz, and we're just getting started. The rule of 240 and what the heck I'm talking about next on Locked on Jazz. Today's edition of Locked on Jazz, the Tuesday edition of Locked on Jazz, is brought to you by our friends over at Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. The Murdoch Lineup of cars is truly amazing. I'm driving the Tucson right now. It's just terrific. Loving the Tucson. I was driving right next to one today. I was looking like, I bet you that guy's loving his car. And I looked on the back plate and it said Murdoch Hyundai. Uh, Murdochs have been in Utah for over 90 years or 80 plus years, nearly 90 years. They have the no regrets policy to make sure that you have an amazing experience. And the Hyundai car, at least in my book, for the dollar, the best car you can possibly get on the for you. So it's all at Murdoch Hyundai, located 4646 South State Street. The brand new building is gorgeous. Go to Linden, go to Logan, but email me first at DLock09. That's DLock09 so that I can get you, you at gmail.com so that I can get you your VIP meeting with our friends over at Murdoch Hyundai, the VIP meeting that you deserve for being a locked on jazz every day. Today's show is also brought to you by Better Help. The world is not the easiest thing all the time. And BetterHelp is a great way for you to find out why your brain is doing what you're doing. The brain's a muscle. You go to the gym to work your regular muscles, performance enhancing to get yourself look better. Do the same with your brain. See if you can if you can benefit from therapy. See whether or not therapy allows you to talk about things, understand things, have a better understanding of what is going on and what's causing maybe some of the chaos. Are you creating your own chaos? Can therapy stop you from creating your own chaos? That's a major, major part of this. It's entirely online with BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to meet your schedule, which is great. And then I love this part. You can switch therapists at any point because it's so hard to find a therapist. And then if you don't like it, you're kind of like, So you can switch therapists at any point along the line. Just fill out a brief questionnaire. Get matched with a license. Therapist. It's BetterHelp. Better H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. Do they get 10% off your first month? That's 10% off your first month with BetterHelp. Thanks so much for being a part of Locked on Jazz. It's just awesome to have you aboard. Live show for YouTube. Full edition on YouTube. We did the first segment on Instagram uh, for you. And it's just so great to have the comments flowing in. All you guys aboard and the Super fun to be a jazz fan right now. Okay, when we opened the year this year, we did a lot of previews about the season and this and what we we're going to experience and all this. And one of the things that I look at with every single team in the NBA is do you have 240 minutes of action? 240 minutes is 48 players times five. Do you have 240 minutes of NBA players playing? 
And quite frankly, early in the year, our guys weren't playing very well, so we didn't have 240 minutes because we had a bunch of guys that weren't playing well. But right now, Fontecchio played 32 last night. Fontecchio is an NBA rotation player. That's 32 rotation minutes. Lowry Markkinen, 32 rotation minutes. John Collins, 27. Chris Dunn, who did not play well earlier this year, is playing brilliantly. 13 assists. He's calming everything. He is an NBA rotation player. Colin Sexton, an NBA rotation player. Jordan Clarkson, 31 minutes, NBA rotation player. Keontae last night had a pretty good night. He is probably the one guy I'm about to say who I think is a borderline NBA rotation player just because he's a rookie and it's hard, but he's going to be good. So he's column rotation. Call it. I usually vote no on rookies. I usually never count rookies. Walker Kessler, 21 minutes, NBA rotation player. Ochai Abaji, 15 minutes, NBA rotation player. Kelly Linux, 17 minutes, NBA rotation player. So we have one player on our roster that's top 100 player in the NBA. And we do not have maybe a second 100 player in the NBA. And we might be, when the season started, we might have been the only team in the NBA that's the case. I think people realize that Jordan Poole is now not a top 100 player and Washington's there too. And when LaMelo Ball out, Charlotte's probably there too. But the what's happened with the collective bargaining agreement in the NBA is that if you're going to have Giannis and you're going to have Dame and you're going to pay Chris Middleton and you're going to play Brooke Lopez, you don't get 240 minutes. Like, I am not sure they might disagree. Bucks fans might disagree. But I'm not sure that Andre Jackson, second-round pick of this draft, 36-pick of the draft, is an NBA rotation player. Like, I'm not sure that Andre Jackson, not to be a jerk, but I'm not sure that Andre Jackson's in the league in three years. He's shooting 42% from three, but no one really believes that that's what he is. If he does that, he's an NBA rotation player. He plays hard. He plays aggressive. He's old. He's 22. He's knows that. Okay, but still, I just told you that I wavered on Keontae. Like, I don't usually give rookies. Malik Beasley is an NBA rotation player. But Malik Beasley is not an NBA playoff rotation player going to the Lakers last year. But Malik Be- Marshawn Bochamp, super skilled, 24th pick of the 22 draft. I'm not sure yet. Like, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm not sure yet. He's really skilled. He's really interesting. He's G League Ignite. He's shooting it really well this year, playing off Giannis. Last year, he shot 39% and 33% from three. He probably is an NBA rotation player. Not certain. Pat Conton is AJ Green. I'm not sure. Chris Livingston. I don't think so. Last second, last pick of the second round. I I could if I'm being nasty. If I'm being nasty, the Bucks last night played as many, depending on your point of view, it's a little nasty, of 65 minutes of non NBA minutes last night, non NBA rotations. So we played 240 minutes. And if I'm giving us Keontae, I probably should be giving them somebody too. But Keontae's 16th pick of the draft. None of these guys are that. Bochamp's probably the guy I should be giving them. But I'm not sure, honestly. Like, does he have an t- eight-year NBA rotation career in front of him? I don't know yet. So being a little... But they played 175 minutes of NBA minutes last night. In the first 20 games of the regular season when everybody was healthy, 
and at full strength. The problem for the Utah Jazz was we only have one player in the top 100. The problem we went to Boston the other night. We talked about it, joked like, does Lowry start for Boston? Sure, he's an all-star, he starts. But how? Like, it'd be a problem for them. Um, Del Toledo is right. Hit the like button. It gives us better algorithm numbers. Hit the like button. Oh, wait, I think I might actually deleted Del Toledo's comment. Or I start it. Um, say it again, Del Toledo. I'll put you back up on the board. Sorry, I just hit the wrong button. He said, hit the like button. Give Loxham, give Loxham love. There it is. I don't want money. It does help the algorithm and let more people come to the jet, to come to the show and find the show if you hit the like button. Um, it tells people that people tuned in and like the show and then it, YouTube pumps more people. So I agree. Um, I don't know about this. I'm not sure I agree with the line that Nasty David is the best David. But that's what's happening here in the NBA right now. Is that the Phoenix Suns Last night, got blasted in the fourth quarter. They have a major fourth quarter problem by the LA Clippers. And I told you at the beginning of the year, I loved the Clippers because they had 240 minutes. Terrence Mann, Kawhi Leonard, Zubak, George, Harden, Westbrook. Amir Coffey is playing 23 minutes. He's he's borderline proving it, but they like him a lot, and I do too. Daniel Tice, Norman Powell. Those are all NBA minutes. Phoenix. Grayson Allen, Kevin Durant, Nurkic, Beal, Booker, Eric Gordon. Matu played eight minutes. Eubanks, 16 minutes. Akogi, 18 minutes. Bates Diop, two minutes. If you're generous, they played 230 minutes last night. Matu and Bates Diop are probably questionable. Eubanks has had some good runs, but questionable. And Akogi is a great defensive player who can't shoot a lick. I think he's like 27% from three. And so what's happening to Phoenix? They have all their guys healthy. That's with their whole roster. That's all healthy. All perfect. That's their starting five. That's their guys. And if they were to suddenly lose Grayson Allen's 31 minutes, they're suddenly playing 200 minutes of NBA minutes. When Joel Embiid doesn't play, obviously it's massive. But when Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris don't play, Philadelphia wasn't anywhere close. They, They were a shadow. The Lakers, who everyone's talking about all the time, I'm not sure they, with Rui Hashimura hurt, I would say Rui Hashimura's NBA minutes. The Lakers got that win against the Clippers. It's great. Christian Wood, questionable. Max Christie, questionable. Cam Reddish, 20 minutes starting. Probably NBA rotation. I'm being a little tight on this. Being generous to our guys, a little tight on others. But that's what's happening here for the Jazz. As the season gets going, and we have 240 minutes out there every night, Maybe we only have one player in the top 100. But we've got 240 minutes of quality NBA rotation minutes. 300 players in the NBA are quality NBA rotation. Probably 275. Probably 250. Honestly, probably 250. All of our guys are in the top 250. Right? I might be being a little generous, by the way, just some of our guys. But, like, generally... The way they're playing right now, what they're doing, the way Will has it working together, that's 240 minutes. And as long as we roll out 240 minutes every night, we have a legit chance, particularly as a season goes on. And got, we're going to prosper in the middle of this season. We're seeing Denver tomorrow night. They're great. They're still the NBA favorite. 
Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, Caldwell Pope, Jamal Murray, best starting five in the NBA. Reggie Jackson's playing decent. Christian Brown's good. They're very fortunate right now. Watson is playing well and giving them close to NBA minutes. He's really playing well. That's a major breakthrough for them. And then they have DeAndre Jordan at center. Denver is pulling. Zeke Enjai was not NBA minutes. He's not playing. DeAndre Jordan, maybe. He's playing. So that's 220. Right? That's 220. Why is Minnesota so good? Because Minnesota's pretty close to 240. Minnesota's got a major problem that they can't score, and they're not going to be a good playoff team because they're 16th in league offensively. But other than Jordan McLaughlin, who's questionable as their backup point guard at 13 minutes a night, and he's played great at times, Nikhil Alexander-Walker's an NBA player, Kyle and rotation player, Nasri, they, they're there. And if they're, I thought Shake Milton was. The Warriors... I love the Warriors when the year started because I gave the Warriors that they were all NBA players because of Moody. Eh, not sure. Like, they're playing a, they're they're force play. They're playing. I generally say my general rule on 240 minutes is rookies don't count no matter what, unless they're Victor Webinyama, even then. The Warriors are playing 58 minutes a night of rookies. So the rule of 240 is really kicking in here for the Utah Jazz. All right, are we standings watching? And what does the front office do? Do they have to make a pivot here because of this? We'll continue to talk about that as we continue here on a live edition of Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. The FanDuel Sportsbook has it all rolling right now for you with the NFL playoffs right around the corner. And this is a great deal for you to get involved. So if you're going to, if you've been wondering, when am I getting involved? Now! Because new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. Place a $5 bet on anything, and you get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And they do it all. Same-day parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make parlay in a parlay hub. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel.com slash locked on, and you get $150 in bonus bets right out of the chute. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL, the official sports book of Locked On. Tonight, Sacramento is an 11 point favorite in Detroit. Minnesota is a five point favorite in Orlando. Interesting. Memphis, without John Morant for the season, is an eight point dog in Dallas. And the Lakers are a four-and-a-half-point favorite against the Raptors. We'll be watching that one since we play both those teams back-to-back next week. NFL weekend, Browns are two-and-a-half-point favorite in Houston. Miami is a four-point dog to the Chiefs. Buffalo is a 10-point favorite over the Steelers. Cowboys are seven-and-a-half over Jordan Love and the Packers. Lions, three-and-a-half over the Rams. And Buccaneers and the Eagles are closer than you would think. Um, on that one, I do not did not see. There's more NBA. I don't know if they have to make the play in. I don't know if that's um, they have to make the playoffs. So if you think the Utah Jazz are going to make the Western Conference playoffs at this point, we are plus sixteen hundred. I am not allowed to advise. I'll just smile. 
Memphis is plus 590. The Rockets are plus 260. For the first time all year, I think we're going to finish ahead of the standings of the Rockets, possibly. We have some big games coming up and standings implications, and that's what we're going to continue talking about here on Locked On Jazz. FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Hey, guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. Thank you so much for the everydayers that are out here. At the end of the show, we'll send you the first ever 24-7 YouTube sports channel locked on sports today with all the reaction, to the national championship game and everything else. It's totally awesome. Great way to follow sports. Don't have Stephen A. Yelling at you the whole time. Don't have all of bullet, blah, 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 debating real people talking about the experts. I'm standing watching. I'm in. Let's do it. That road trip was supposed to be 0 and 3. And now the question is, can the jazz finish this next six game road trip homestand four and two? And suddenly be 22 and 22 after 44 games. And suddenly I think we'd be ahead of last year's pace at that point. Here's what we got. Denver. It's not easy. Denver. Who's great. Toronto. The Lakers on a back-to-back who are currently a half game ahead of us in the standings. See, we're watching the standings, aren't we? Indiana without Tyrese Halliburton. Injured his hamstring last night. The Golden State Warriors, who are currently behind us in the standings. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are the second best team in the end in the Western Conference and are just a game behind the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have suddenly lost. Five, five. Jazz are eight and two. Nuggets are eight and two, by the way. We are the two teams in the Western Conference that are eight and two in their last 10. So what do you do if you're the Jazz? If you make the play and you lose your pick, the Jazz have been kind of willing, the front office seems to be willing to do that. Like, let's get off that. Let's get that pick unencumbered. It gives you some freedom in future moves. Let Oklahoma City have it. Pay our price for the Derek Favors mistake. Like, not that Derek Favors was a mistake. Giving him the contract to have to get out of it was the mistake. You know, anytime you're giving him a first-round draft pick to get off money is not great. It happens. Um, happens to everyone. Happens to any team that went for it, by the way. So it's not like, it's not an unusual, but it happens. Um, just get out from under it. The, the argument is that right now, the Jazz can't trade their first-round pick because it's, it's to, go, to Oklahoma City. They can't trade their next year's because if they don't give them to this year, it could go next year. They can't trade the year after that because of that. And then you can't trade back-to-back first-round picks. So 
The Jazz are four years, five years out before they can trade a pick. If you Oklahoma City gets this pick, one thing is the Jazz don't necessarily need more 19-year-old kids floating around. They can let these three 19-year-old kids continue to develop. And then from there, you can start trading your picks. You then have free willingness to trade all your picks. Cleveland's, Minnesota's, everybody's. You can trade Cleveland, Minnesota's all you want right now, and the Lakers. But you, you're a little limited on that, on the other. So that's the argument. The other end, our guys are all playing well enough right now that they should be able to garner some interest. And are we trying to add to our roster to get better or are we trying to add assets to add to our staple to be able to move us forward? It's a really, really interesting question. Because, and I think what I have noticed about Danny Ainge is that I don't think Danny has a game plan per se that's preset. I think he takes what happens in front of him and makes the right move. You go back to, we've talked about this timeline thing last Friday on the show for the everydayers. We talked about like, from a timeline standpoint, nobody ever expected that the timeline was going to be Kevin Durant or Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. No one ever saw that coming. And Danny pounced. They really thought they were playing for Kevin Durant that year, and then they were going to start a rebuild. And then within a year, they're winning a championship with three veterans. So the signature of Danny Ainge's rebuild is the flexibility to react whenever the market allows, however the market reacts, allows. So I don't think Danny goes into like, are you a buyer or a seller? Or we're going to be a buyer for three years and or a seller for three years and then a buyer for three years. I don't think that's how Danny works. I will say this. I do think that me and you are going to have a disconnect from where our front office is. They're going to be right. We're going to be immediate gratification. You and I are going to start watching the standings and keeping an eye on what's going on with the standings and whether or not the Jazz... How, you know, we're a half game out of the 10th and to the Rockets who suddenly five and five and the Suns are five and five. Like what, like, you know, and John Morant's injury means that probably they can't make a run anymore. So now we're down to 12 teams competing for 10 spots. And like, yeah, right. Like I'm there with you. The front office is going to be looking at how do we win a championship in 2028, 2029, 2030. They're not looking at this the way you and I are in a four-month window of how do we get to where we need to get on April 15th. That's how you and I are looking at it. What are we doing on April 15th? Are we in the play-in or are we not? Did we? I think we're four and a half games behind Dallas and Sacramento. We're pretty good. Sacramento, though, I'm a little worried about that loss the other night. Um, So we're going to look at, you and I are going to look at it, at the standings. We're going to look at that. We're going to look to April 15th. The front office is still going to keep an eye on April 15th of 2028 and 2029 and 2030, and it's going to be a disconnect. That's my guess. They're right. We're wrong. I don't care. We'll still be wrong together. This has been Locked on Jazz, a special live edition. Thanks so much. Good crowd tuned in today. Appreciate you very much for tuning in. Uh, Jazz Nuggets tomorrow. We'll talk about it on the show tomorrow. Uh, bring it to you at our regular time, non-live, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, we'll be back on the regular schedule. 
My voice was shot and I need a little sleep. Uh, so thank you very much for tuning in. We now send you the first ever 24-7 live stream on YouTube, Locked on Sports today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 